Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, what welcome back into our multiverse this weekend. Yes, this beautiful Saturday morning. For us at least, I don't know where you guys are listening, maybe it's not the, as nice, but you know. The day after my second COVID shot, not feeling, not feeling sick, so, so we all right. Spot on. Oh yeah. Firing on all cylinders today. Damon here. Jalen over here. And yeah, let's uh, see what we're going to talk about today. We got, well, we got Aaron Donald. Yeah, we got this whole <laughs> Aaron Donald situation going Just down. So uh, what, boy. when did it, when did it break? You know, I mean, a few days. Ago. It was day, it was like earlier in the week. Somebody says that he got attacked in a club by Aaron Donald and all picture of his face he got messed up he did get messed up so then very bad. you know all these questions i mean mainly jokes on on <laughs> twitter about people you know how why would you square up with aaron donald who in their right mind would square up with aaron donald and no very valid uh points there yes <laughs> but at the end of the day then a video comes out what yesterday yes it was yesterday and shows aaron donald actually pulling people off the guy the guy got jumped by <laughs> was there at least four people? There maybe five. <laughs> that dude? Probably more actually. Uh, it was what a did ton. you do to get jumped by five people at the club? What did you do? And then you try to pin it all on Aaron Donald. And now oh, the one who was helping you. And now this morning, his attorney, his client mistook the Rams, Aaron Donald, for the attacker. Like, okay. He just picked, ah. he just picked Aaron Donald up after five guys were attacked. And I'm like, give me a break. But was it his first time seeing the video too or something? <laughs> like he had no idea there was a video, that's why. He was like, oh, <laughs> I'm getting some money out of this. And then yep. there's a video, oops. His attorney's like, uh, I thought you told me there's no video in that area. I ain't the police. Anyway, I just had to get that out because we just saw that. Uh, it was... <laughs> but what else uh, in the football world do we got to talk about? You had a couple late, late additions and late in this free agency, I should say. In the mainly in our NFC West, James Conner is joining the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, they're getting because why wouldn't they? Just scary and scarier, aren't they? I mean, if he's healthy, and then you got him and Chase Edmonds, I mean that's a that's a great little duo. I know some people say great. It's a very effective if, like I said, if he's healthy, and you got you know Kyler Murray and you got mm-hmm. Hopkins and you got AJ Green. I mean, come on, like that's. That's a very, very, very solid group. <laughs> with a, uh, and with that's a, just on offense. With a better offensive <laughs> line now. I mean, they've improved offensive mm-hmm. line. They've improved receiver. They've improved. Well, I mean, I guess you could argue that they didn't necessarily improve running, running back because Kenyon Drake was really good. They just didn't really use him. So if you only get the same production from Drake as you, or from Connor as you did from Drake, then I then guess you know. it's a wash. But you didn't get worse. It, yeah, exactly. So like, when you lost they wouldn't Drake, complain. Yeah, when you lost, when they lost Drake, you're kind of like, okay, you know, they they actually got a little worse at running back. But now it's like, okay, now they're, they're good. <laughs> now nah, they might be good actually. <laughs> yeah, right. Definitely to me, the scariest team in the division, the the one mm-hmm. that I'm most worried. But before I was like, eh, I'm not too worried. But with every move they make, I'm like, okay, all right. The days go on of free agency. You're like, okay, these guys are. They're they're loaning up this year. Exactly. They're coming. They're not coming to play. They're 
taking the leap. They're and pissed. They're pissed about last year. I know. And you know, I actually like that. I mean, I not obviously I want them to suck, but I love that a team is not happy with what they did, and so they're just like, well, this ain't gonna happen again. Yeah. <laughs> so good for them. And then on our end, Seattle decided to make another move. We're bringing in <clears throat> D-end Alden Smith from Dallas, little one-year deal. Yay. <laughs> I'm not, it's weird. Like, I'm not overly excited about the move. I'm not, like, mad about it either. It's just kind of like, I mean, more rotation, I guess. If they still plan on doing that. I mean, yes and no. It's weird. So, you know, I, I always have a problem with guys who have just a really, really bad history. Like, just an track awful record. track record. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm all for, you know, giving people second chances. But but 15th chances, like, that's why I'm kind of like, okay, come on. Like, why are we doing this? You guys draft players that you say, you know, fit your system. You... You only pick guys that fit your system. Like, and then you don't use half of them. You hardly yeah. play them. Now people can say, well, they're not showing up or they're not doing this and not doing that. But you got to give them a chance at some point. You're going to not give them a chance, but then you're going to take somebody who just because they're talented, have all these issues and baggage and bring them onto the team. What this is, it's not practicing what you preach. Uh -huh. You tell everybody you're this way. This is your team. This is how you run things. This is how you do it. And then you bring in these guys with baggage and it pisses other people off. That's that's why the whole, you know, the Legion of Boom Super Bowl team fell apart. Yeah. Because after that second Super Bowl, all the, you know, the defense especially was pissed. And then they kept doing things that weren't what they were preaching. They play guys who weren't showing up and weren't doing all the things in practice. They were cutting guys <clears throat> who were outplaying other people at the position. Uh -huh. And they're watching this and going and just going, what happened to, you know, um, what, what what's Pete Carroll's? The, oh, competition. You know, he preaches yeah. competition, competition, competition. But then when somebody openly wins the competition and then you cut them or you just play the other person. I remember the center guy. What was the center? Was, was it, it Patrick Lewis? Patrick Lewis was the one who was clearly the better center. Yeah. But they they liked, what was his name? I Novak? don't remember the other guy. Was it Novak? No, maybe I'm I don't that. think so. I don't remember. I, I know just, he played for the Chargers. I know, I'm pretty certain Patrick Lewis was the other guy that was Yeah, because he was the better. one who played in the Super Bowl because yeah. Unger was hurt. He had helped us get to another Super Bowl. And I mean, maybe even the year before. Now, I can't remember if he was on the starting center in the Super Bowl win. I can't remember that. But I remember the second year, he definitely was there playing really good. And was he the best? No, but see, that's the thing. People think like you have to be the best, but you don't, you have to mesh. If you mesh and you have that continuity on the line, that's more important than just plugging in someone with talent. Yeah. Because if they don't mesh with the line, it doesn't matter. And that's the same thing on the defensive line. So you have these guys that they've been together, they're working together, they work hard in the off season. They're trying to get to know each other, but maybe they haven't got a chance to play totally together. And then, you know, you get rid of Reed 
And now, so now somebody else thinks, oh, okay, now it's my time and I get to play with, you know, LJ might be like, yeah, now I get to play next to Puna. Yeah. I get to play next to, you know, Rasheem or something like that. But then you bring in Alden Smith, a guy with baggage who you're not sure if you can trust. Now, he did play all of last year and Uh didn't seem to get in trouble. So if there's one thing I will say, he didn't get in any trouble last year in his first year back. That is a good sign. Right. So... I'm not like you. I'm not totally against it, but I do. I am scared. Like, how easy is it going to be for him to mess up and get suspended again? And, yeah. And I know people say, well, then okay. Well, you got other guys, but you ha- somebody's going to get cut. Yeah. So who are Probably. we losing? You know, and that's what I'm afraid of. So just losing somebody that I really like. Like maybe they're not the best, but they mesh with everybody. You know what I mean? So. Anyways, long rant by me as usual. <laughs> but I guess Interesting welcome move. to the Seahawks, yeah. and I hope you play the whole season. But it, you know, like I said, it makes me do, do good. And I don't like guys that I don't feel I can trust. That's why I don't like Al Woods coming back after he got suspended. Yeah, the last time I'm like, oh, okay, the, let's bring back a guy that totally let us down. That was probably my least favorite. When you needed him the most, right before the playoffs, he gets suspended. I'm like, this is garbage. Why are you doing this? And so. We have two guys on the line that I'm like, I'm going to be so upset if you guys get yourself suspended. Like, uh, but hopefully they don't. And it all works out. All right. NFL-wise, I don't have anything else. I don't remember anything off the top of my head. Oh, well, Julian Edelman. He retired. Ah, there we go. And that started a conversation, which I found funny. Yeah, here we go. The Julian Edelman, is he a Hall of Famer debate? Right. And it's funny because I actually do understand why there's a little bit of a debate here. A lot of people don't. They're just like, oh, he's not even close. And I, I get that. Look, I can see both sides. I think when your playoff resume is so strong, it helps you become a hall of famer look at lynn swan okay lynn swan there are people that'll put lynn swan in their top 25 receivers of all time and it's like how can you put him in your top 25 receivers of all time and i said 25 there are people that'll put him in their top 10. he has 5,462 yards for his career now he did play in some 12 game seasons and then the rest were one of 14 game seasons and and he was playing when there were 16 game seasons, but he didn't stay healthy. So he never played 16 games. His most yards in a season, 880. Now he had a couple years with 11 touchdowns, but he has some of the greatest catches in Super Bowl history, mm-hmm. you know? And I love Lin Swan. But should he be in the Hall of Fame? I mean, he is. So what are you going to do about it? But he's in there because of postseason. Uh, his postseason play and his achievements. And when I actually am looking at his um, pro football reference thing right now, his page, and it says compare to, and the two names are Altoon. I don't remember Altoon, New York Jets, and Julian Edelman. <laughs> Those are the comparisons. I didn't compare it. That's what's there because he compares to Lynn Swan career wise. Now, does he have these amazing catches like Lynn Swan? No. But he Not has, as many. 
Oh, yeah, but I mean, you gotta, I don't think you've ever seen the Lin Swan catches. <laughs> like, I think you gotta watch them, and then you'll be like, okay, yeah, no, Julian Edelman, he never made a play like that in his life. No, he's made some great plays. That's what I'm saying. Like, I can see if he made it in, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't even really be mad. I only reason I'd be mad is because like Sterling Sharp isn't in it. There'd yeah. be people like receivers, I'd be like, okay, well, you gotta get this guy into this guy. But I I get the argument. You know, he's the second leading receiver in playoff history. Maybe he's the hundred I don't know what he is regular season-wise, 120th, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but people compare him to Wes Welker a lot. So I mm-hmm took a couple uh, screenshots of their comparison and uh, in the regular season you got Wes Welker has 9,924 yards receiving 903 receptions 50 touchdowns Julian Edelman has 620 receptions for 6,822 yards and 36 touchdowns and then oh rushing wise uh Edelman actually has 413 yards and Wes Welker has 151. And I think that's just kind of important because that that's his total yardage. That puts his total yardage over 7,000. Uh-huh. And in the playoffs, Edelman has 118 receptions, 1,442 yards and five touchdowns. And Welker is not a slouch. 88 catches, 866 yards and five touchdowns. But so I said those numbers. But if I were to ask someone on the street, just anybody, who's better? Almost everybody's going to say Julian Edelman. Why? Because of his postseason. There are going to be people that say, oh, no, Wes Welker's got, you know, how many Pro Bowls and all pros compared to to Julian Edelman, which I don't know. Why is my screen frozen? Um, I'm not exactly sure. Because my screen's frozen. <laughs> but we will never know. But uh, they're very comparable. Like when you think of one, you think of the other. Like yeah. it's just how it is because they because they both played in New England. Like if they didn't both play in New England, I don't think you'd do that. But they both played with Brady and they both were like Brady's guy for years. And then you think, okay, well then which one was better? Like on the Patriots with Brady, you know, whatever. And you gotta look at but they won Super Bowls with Edelman. Yeah. And he was great in those runs. Did he have a total great career? I mean, maybe not, but I can see the argument. And I think the people who say him and Eli are comparable, like if if Edelman's not a Hall of Famer, then neither is Eli. I'm like, that's not even the same. That's not even in the same stratosphere. Like Eli has playoffs, playoff success, but he also has regular season success. He also has over 50,000 yards and over 300 touchdown passes. Like if Edelman had over 10,000 yards and, you know, let's say 75 touchdowns, because I think those, when you get to those kind of numbers, depending on how long your career is, if you also have playoff success, you're easily a Hall of Famer. Like, no, Michael Irvin's like 11,000 something yards, or maybe it's 12,000. I always say it's 11,000 something. But, uh, and then he has the playoff success and he's easily a hall of famer, Yeah, you know, because he was amazing. So if Edelman had reached those numbers, he's easily a hall of famer, but you're saying that Eli who's reached these numbers and also won two Super Bowls and was two time Super Bowl MVP isn't like, no, it's not, that's not a comparable argument in my opinion. <laughs> like, but I don't know. What do you think? You think he has a shot to get in? I think he has a shot to get in. I think 
this is gonna go on because obviously you know nfl players are not eligible for hall of fame until years on so this is gonna come up a lot more i i don't know if i if i was deciding would put him in but it's definitely he'll probably you know if he doesn't get in right away he'll be like oh yeah uh, he's definitely not gonna get in right away but like he'll be um let's there's like the finalist list or whatever and then they cut it down i think he can make it to that yeah he'll if he i think if he ever makes it he's one of those uh you know um uh, committee things later on like yes afterwards mm-hmm. so yeah i totally agree with you there. they're not they're not voting him in right away. No. Okay, so Edelman was never a pro bowler or an all-pro, and Wes Welker is a five-time pro bowler and a two-time all-pro. And so I can definitely see fans of Wes Welker are like, this isn't even close. And, and I mean, I, I understand you saying that, but this shows you that postseason matters. Yeah. This shows you how important it is. It's, but all-pros and pro bowls matter too, and records matter too. That's why when we do our greatest our top 10 greatest like when i did my receivers i was looking at everything and i was just telling the other day like i should have put michael Irvin in my top 10 like that's my one regret because i didn't because all the other guys had more all pros and they had more times leading the league and things but his playoff success on top of his regular season success and he was a multiple time you know all pro and he was just amazing that I'm like, yeah, I, I should not have left Michael Irvin <laughs> out of my top 10. That was a mistake. And I, but you, I was trying to be overall fair with, oh no, he's a one-time all pro. Sorry. I think that's, I think that's the reason why I, I didn't because of the one all pro and not leading the league. I think he only led the league in something one time. And so I was like, oh, these other guys all have multiple times, but his playoff resume is so good on top of it. And that matters to me. It really does. But I, most of the other guys had a good playoff resume too, in a sense. But he's got Super Bowl rings. So, yeah. But anyway, yeah, Edelman, who knows? But yeah, I think now that covers at least anything we're going to talk about NFL wise. What about? And then NBA, we're reaching the playoff push time and a, a pair of unfortunate news for a couple guys. First, over on the Nets, LaMarcus Aldridge yeah. had to retire, unfortunately. He was playing um, his last game. I don't remember when or which game it was, but he was playing with an irregular heartbeat. And he said, like, after the game, it got even worse. So that whole situation was scary. And after he got better, he just decided he didn't want to risk it's not it worth anymore. It, yeah. So he called it a career. And he had a great career. And yeah. I wish he would have been able to finish it out. Like, it's not that I want like uh, Brooklyn to win because I don't. <laughs> but had he been on that championship team, that would have been awesome because he's been a great player for a long time. Seven-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, and you know he averaged for his career 19.4 points a game, eight rebounds, and I mean I loved him in Portland. Yeah, I was. A little disappointed when he signed with the Spurs, but at the same time, it's like, oh, he's good. He gets to go play with Pop, mm-hmm. you know. And then he had some great years with the Spurs, and it's kind of crazy that you know they were 
managing his minutes for whatever reason. And then he wasn't really happy with that. And that's part of the reason why he wanted out. And then that happened. And it's just like, man, that's just crazy. Like, I don't know. You just wonder, like, maybe if he stayed and he didn't play. But I don't even know how much he's been playing in, you know, Brooklyn. So maybe it has absolutely nothing to do with that. Maybe. It, but it's also a blessing, right? Because mm-hmm. what if he... And I, now that I'm thinking about that, saying it out loud, I'm like, oh, but what if he was playing with the Spurs and not playing that often and didn't know that was happening? And then later in the season or maybe postseason, he plays more and pushes too hard and something tragic happens. So, yeah, I mean, Lord works in mysterious ways, right? And yeah. he goes to Brooklyn, he plays, that happens, he retires. Ah, oh, that's crazy. I just blew my own mind. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, but yeah, prayers to him. I'm glad that he made that decision and you don't want, I mean, I still, I, it still haunts me that Reggie Lewis died. I mean, yeah, he was one of my favorites. I, I remember where I was when that happened and I never want that to happen to another, you know, athlete again. So if, and I'll never question them for retiring and be like, nope, I'm, I'm not going to risk it. Like, but yes, congrats on a great career. Maybe, maybe possibly a Hall of Famer one day. I mean, maybe. I think no championships is the only reason that he's, you know, he's not. He was a great player, but he'll probably, he'll probably be one of those guys that is always talked about, but never makes it, unfortunately. And then another huge blow, unfortunate news for Denver and their fans. Jamal Murray is done for the season after tearing his ACL in one of their last games. And all of a sudden, their chances just dwindle a little bit. I know. I immediately was like, well, there goes my pick. Like, I picked them to to win it all, actually, but represent the West. And, you know, they had got up to the four seed. And I know that, um, you know, Joker is probably going to win MVP, especially if he keeps him in the four Mm -hmm. without Murray. Like, that pretty much... That would seal it, probably. Yeah, I mean, I know that there's other options. I know Embiid's having a great season, obviously Lillard, you know, but if they've got the better record and he did it... How many games are left in the season? Um, It's how many games was the season? 67? No, this season was 72. Oh, 72. So, so like, so there's 20 like, or less? Yeah, I think 16. Yeah. We're, got, like, so we're 16. at, like, the home stretch now. So if they if they even go above 500, <laughs> you know, in that time and, and keep the four seed, I'm like, how can you not give him the MVP? But that being said, you need Murray to win the whole thing. Yeah, And these are the things that that suck about when you're comparing players and championships, you know, and and accolades, because things like this happen. And this isn't Jokic's fault. Mm -hmm. And so, and I mean, it's not Murray's fault for getting hurt. People get hurt. How (laughs) dare you? You bastard. But, you know, let's say this was their best chance, just for argument's sake, that this was their best chance and that happened. And then they never win. And then it's like, well, they never won a championship. But but not just that. Some other team benefits now because of this. So these things happen all the time. They happen to championship caliber teams. Or they allow teams that 
aren't necessarily championship caliber to keep moving on and that helps another team that maybe wasn't necessarily championship caliber that's why you'll have years where a team makes it to the finals and you're kind of like how they make it to the finals <laughs> you know like, and then it's kind of like oh yeah their road was a little bit and sometimes they just get hot too but yeah that's what happened with miami yeah and it sucks for um for murray of course it sucks for denver i mean Yes, that is. But you just need you need people to step up if you want any chance. So, yeah, that's gonna be more points. Uh, MPJ needs to score for that team. Yeah, exactly. You better step up, young man. But uh, I think that that'll wrap it up for our little introductory stuff. Yeah, wrestling's gonna take up a lot of this. We might have to do a couple segments on wrestling because. We got all those releases, and we got WrestleMania, and then we'll do, obviously, MCU. So, up next, part one of pro wrestling. Part one, (laughs) WrestleMania. WrestleMania weekend is in the books. The first event in front of live fans once again in over a year. WWE event. WWE event, yeah. Get it, it right. Was, <laughs> it was so nice though to see. No, it was really there. cool. It like, was the it first made it felt like a bigger deal again. When well, and, and of course because of like the delays because of the weather and everything, oh, gosh, you're yeah. like, it's like you want to be excited and then you're like it's on a delay and you're kind of like, uh. but then once it starts and then you know, Drew comes out. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, this is awesome. It just. It's such a different I, re- I really felt great for Drew. For all of them, really. I mean, remember at the beginning, they had everybody come out on the ramp mm-hmm. and Vince was talking. Vince is doing and his you can speech. see on all of their faces like how happy they were to be back in front of fans. Yeah, that's R- Rhea tearing up a little bit. Yeah, and she wasn't the only one. I mean, if you really like go in close on almost everyone, you can see the appreciation on all their faces, which is just awesome. It was really good stuff. So we go into night one of the show, our first matchup, the WWE Championship. For the record, I thought night one was better than night two. Overall, yes, I agree. And Bobby Lashley retains the title with the with the heart lock, putting Drew McIntyre to sleep to start the show. I saw people complain, and they're like, he, he passed out to a full Nelson? And I'm like, first of all, Lashley's huge, and... I believe it was Hercules back in the day that used to do the same thing. I'm like, I think it was Hercules. Yeah, I mean, when you're a big, strong guy like that, it's definitely believable, <laughs> you know? And, yeah, I, I don't really get that. And it was shocking complaint. because we all assumed Drew was going over. Mm-hmm. and But we loved it because you're like, oh, good. Lashley gets his, you know, real moment. You kind of figured with the way, you know, they did like the heart business like that leading up to Mania. You're like, ah, they're just. Oh, they're just destroying They're, they're doing they Lashley do. so dirty right now. Uh-huh. But then he comes out on top and it's like, oh, look at that. And let's uh, forget to mention that it was also a really good match. It was. Oh, yeah. What? One of the three best matches of the night, mm-hmm. in my opinion. My top three matches for sure. It was really good. A really hot start. And yeah, just good. Good on him, Lennon Lashley keep his reign going 
Next up, there is the women's tag team turmoil, which was won by Natalia and Tamina, and they would go on night two to challenge for the tag titles. Riot Squad was the best tag team in that match, so they they 100%. kept they kept it all going, everything looking smooth. They, they were, were the glue that held that match together. They were amazing, and not that you know Natalia and Tamina didn't have their moments in their spots, and and obviously you feel good for them; they've been around forever, but. When I'm watching that match, all I'm thinking is, man, the Riot Squad is a really good tag team. And man, they need their moment to, they need their reign and they need a long one. Please. They don't do them like you did, you know, so many teams that are actually good tag teams and entertaining and all that and just put it on them for a minute. Don't do anything with them and then take it off them so you can put it on, you know, like a, a Shayna and, and Naya to. I, I get why they're on TV. They're, they are stars, but they're not a great tag team. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I want to see a great tag team with the tag team titles. Tag, tag team. That's tag a lot team. of tag, tag team. A lot of ta- more tag team coming in yeah. the one of the matches right. later. But then next up, we had arguably the match of the night where Cesaro got his WrestleMania moment beating Seth Rollins. Man, it, it was a great so match. Good. But here's the other thing about this. We were talking before how this had the chance to be, you know, Ricky Steamboat and Macho, Macho Man, Man or or even, you know, Flair and Macho Man and stuff like that. Or Flair Steamboat for that matter. And the only reason it wasn't was because they didn't really have that much time. You realize that no, match was, was only, only 12 like, minutes long? Yeah, I did see that. And Because that's what I was saying. I was like, if they give them what they should and give them 20, 25 minutes, they're going to put on an amazing match. And they gave them 12, and it was still a great match. Yeah. But it wasn't – I think everybody, myself included, our expectations weren't met, but not because of them. Mm-hmm. Because they – because the WWE didn't it. give them enough time. Like, give them the time to tell an amazing story – because they've been, this is one of the better feuds that was going on leading into Mania. Mm-hmm. And you didn't give them the time? Like, uh, it's baffling to me. But it was a great match with some great spots. Yeah, Cesaro is insane. Seth Rollins, I love the little... Was a uh, corkscrew? Oh my gosh. That was, oh, that's not even what you were going to say? No, but that was, <laughs> okay. I remember that. That was incredible. I'm like, dang, he just said, you know, you know a frog splash? I'm just going to add a twist yeah, that was and awesome. just make it look easy. But I did like the little like callback to like, you know, him using the pedigree and stuff like that. Yeah. I was like that, that spot was really cool. I dug, I was digging that. Yep. That was, it was my number two match, but only because they didn't give them the time. Yeah. You know, and then you move on and we got some new, Raw Tag Team Champions. There's the Tag Team Talk again. AJ Styles and Omos defeated the New Day. My favorite part of that match was when Woods was yelling (laughs) at AJ, you're not a tag team wrestler. You're not a tag team wrestler. We're cutting the ring in half. This uh, That was awesome. I know. I love that that so much. (laughs) And then, you know, Omos comes in and he destroys everyone. Yeah. And, And, I mean, we all saw that coming, right? It was fun. And it, it actually was. I... He didn't. It's not like he looked great, but he's just yeah, so but, huge, you know. and you're just like, yeah. Well, they. I mean, they can't really hurt him. He's a giant, and and I thought it was funny. Like he comes in, he like did one thing, and he's like, 
I've been waiting for this. And then he's just standing there. I'm like, well, you're just waiting longer. <laughs> Do something. <laughs> I've been waiting so long. Now I'm going to stand here and soak it in for 15 more seconds. Like, go get him, man. It was so funny when he came out and he was still wearing his jacket. I'm like, is he just going to wrestle in like his, the outfits he wears all the time? But then he takes it off and it's like the. No, I like that you're like, he looks like Shaq looked at the Royal Rumble. I know. At the at WrestleMania a couple years back, I'm like, he looks, he's wearing that oh, exact yeah, not same the fit. Royal Rumble. Sorry. The. The Andre the Memorial. And then we got... Oh, I almost skipped this match, but I probably could anyway. Braun Strowman defeated Shane McMahon Ugh. in a steel cage. So you could have took away that whole match and just let Cesaro and Seth wrestle. That whole feud. Enjoy. Just, you could have forgotten about it, it was, entirely. It was stupid. But, you know. Whatever. Braun ripped Braun open Braun. the side of the cage. I'm like, oh, god. Cool. I guess. Whatever. No one cares. And then you had the tag team match where Damian Priest and Bad Bunny got the win over Miz and Morrison. Heck of a match. Like, that was really good. Yeah, it was awesome. It, to me, I know everybody's taken away Bad Bunny. And I thought he did great. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But I said to you after, I'm like, Miz and Morrison are amazing. Yeah. Especially Morrison. Like, more, if, if you guys go back and watch that, look at all those Bad Bunny spots. Like, when he did the... Uh, was it the broken arrow? Mm -hmm. And then when he does the um, bunny Just, destroyer, the bunny destroyer. Those are against. He does Man, those to Morrison. Wild. Why? Because of Morrison's athleticism and what he can do. It allowed Bunny to do it and to I look don't, good. It to and to look great. And like when you really think about it, you're just like, man, what kind of professionals are Miz and Morrison? That not only. Did they make him look amazing? But they had no problem making him look amazing. Mm -hmm. They were totally down to do it. Who just like, they don't even let, you know, the only superstar that's out here doing the Destroyer is Adam Cole. Yeah. Down in NXT. No one on the main roster is doing that. And they, Morrison's like, yeah, you could come in and hit me with a Destroyer <laughs> yeah. on the outside of the ring. He's like, I got this. No problem. <laughs> so that, I remember that spot in particular, like, I was like enjoying it. I was like, okay, yeah, he's yeah. doing pretty good. You and then popped, he hit it, you popped and I hard. was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, that was amazing. That it was. put it over the top. I'm like, okay, no, this is great. He did a great job. And, I mean, we love Damian Priest, and he's the last one you even think about in the match because, yeah. you know, he was there to, you know, be the big guy and to kind of, you know, make sure that – Take take the load off of Bad Bunny a yeah, little bit. Yeah, make sure Bunny didn't get pinned or anything like that. He's breaking up the pin, whatever, he, you know. And, and then the, I like the double team at the end. Yes. That, I was just going to say that. And then the finish, like he's out there to help with the finish. Mm -hmm. But the rest of it is Miz and Morrison letting Bad Bunny shine. And I'm like, that was cool. And he, he did great. He really did. Like that. I totally agree. People are like, he took this, these guest uh, appearances to a new level. Like if mm -hmm. you're going to decide you want to be on WrestleMania, and you're a celebrity. You better bring it. Mm -hmm. You better. Be, you're going to be compared to you better Bad be Bunny. like him because he came in. He was training for months and months. Yep. I mean, and and McAfee too, right? Like, yeah. I know mm -hmm. McAfee's not a huge star like Bad Bunny, but he still took it totally seriously when he yeah. was going to get into the ring. And and you and you know, I said before he just kind of does spots, but you still have to do other things to get to those spots, and you still have to make the spot look good. Yeah. And they both do. And so you get nothing but respect for me for those, you know, for doing that. And yeah, but, but again, I still go, man, Miz and Morrison are, they're awesome. Heck, heck of a match. It was, 
worth that interesting buildup for sure. And then the main event of night one, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. As it just, should have been because to me it was the best match. Yep, they tore the house down. Just fantastic match. And Bianca History. Belair is your new SmackDown Women's Champion. I like the beginning when they were soaking it in and Bianca's almost going to cry. And just, just because, you know, it's history. It's two black women awesome. main event in WrestleMania. And and they delivered. And it was awesome. And, yeah, it was – they had the time. They much like some... much like Miz and Morrison. Like I mean, Bianca is amazing. But you can see how good Sasha is in helping making Bianca look even better. Yeah. So, and those are those are the things. Those, those are the things about the greats, right? I talk about it. I talk about it with Becky Lynch. I'm like, you know, people would get on Becky Lynch about whatever they get on her about, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm like, Becky Lynch made Lacey Evans look good. <laughs> like, to, almost, to this day, almost no one else ever made Lacey Evans. To this Evans day, look good. their matches are still probably the best of Lacey's exactly. Whole and it's and it's been over a year. Yeah. And yeah, I know Lacey's been gone for a minute, but she wasn't doing great things right before she left. They were they were trying to push her, and you know maybe she's getting a little bit better. You can see improvement, but yeah, I mean the greats they do that, and Sasha did that. For Bianca, even though I do think Bianca is amazing on, in her own right. Right. But, yeah. Well, you know, Bianca, you know, it's her first time yep. in that stage. You know, Sasha's, you know, been at WrestleMania years before. Yep. And so she had, you know, that on her side to help out with Bianca, and they did really good stuff. My favorite spot, though, was when she pressed her and she walked up the stairs. And there was a couple the spots. I really like there was that. That sequence, it was like the she hit the suicide dive. Sasha did, and I'm like, "Oh, that was good." But then Bianca rolls through. I'm like, "Oh, I wasn't ready for that." Yeah. And then she presses her up. Yeah. And just carries her up the steps and tosses her in. I'm like, "That was amazing." Yeah. That whole sequence was fantastic. Yeah, and because then the finish they, was good too. Yeah. Oh yeah. But think about like, remember when Cena did that to the Rock when he when he caught him off the rope and then he put him up into mm -hmm. the. Uh, What's AA? His, yeah, I'm like I can't even remember seeing his finisher, but because he's been it. gone so long, because I hate it. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that that's impressive, you know. And then you see that she does that, but she presses her, and I know she's not. The Rock is like the same size as yeah, Cena, and you know Sasha is, but he smaller didn't. But he to... didn't press her. He put him over his shoulders, you know, like she. Yeah, Sasha's smaller, but still, that ain't easy, especially when you've been wrestling. And then walk up the stairs. Yeah, so you, to, you have to walk up the stairs and just holding her up like that. Yeah, like, is unbelievable. Like that's that's your WrestleMania moment right there. Like if she if she never does anything again, you she always has that. You know, yeah. she won obviously too, but she has the main event. <laughs> you know, that moment and then winning. You know, it's like. Does it get and her better? most devastating hair whip of all time? Just, oh my, yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> that no. she had that mark. I mean, I'm telling you, I don't believe that they thought it was going to be that bad. I remember, you know, I remember times before where she would use the whip, and she hadn't used it in a while though, which I'm I'm glad that she didn't because it made the yep. moment even better. Like exactly. they're going at it. Sasha had been. The little story, you know, she was going for the hair before yeah. in the match. She does it again. Bianca's like, not this time. And then just gets her super hard with the hair. 
then KOD, and then you see the you see her laying down after the match, and it's just this huge cut. I mean, and you're literally, like, oh, like she got hit by Indiana gosh. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, man, I'm sure that that afterwards she was just like, yeah, I was not expecting that. Probably stung for a little while. <laughs> exactly. All right, we better get to night two. But yeah, good stuff. Great, for great night one. night one. Over on night two. Oh man, there was. It's not that night two was bad, but it did not start off great. No. So I was like excited for like the start with like the entrance that the fiend got. He um got back into his uh other gear or whatever. Like, okay, here we go. He's back, right? And then they did the weird stuff with the Jack in the Box or whatever. But they had been kind of teasing that on Raw and stuff with Sasha, with Alexa having like the little one. So I'm like, okay, he comes out of that and it's really cool. He <laughs> jumps off of it onto Orton. I thought that was hilarious. And then the match is going on. I'm fine with it or whatever. And then Alexa just pops. She had to like disappear somewhere. It's funny. Sudden, you said you're like, I wonder if she's in the box. Yeah, I was like, yeah, where did Alexa go? Like, she go in the box or something? And then she pops up in, like, her black dressing or whatever. Her The thing she's wearing is, like, spewing out that black, you know, whatever that's supposed to be. Right. Goo, I'll call it. And then, Randy Orton just hits an RKO and wins. Yeah, one RKO. I mean, like, the, what? The Fiend's taken 70,000 curb stomps and all these other things and one RKO and he's pinned. I mean, it was... It didn't make sense. Obviously, you know, they're going to say, oh, this is going to, this is telling, maybe it's telling Sister Abigail it's supposed to lead the fiend to something, but it didn't make any sense at all. And oh, yeah, the rock thing it just wasn't, it, it was stupid. Like, let's just say what it was. I, yeah. You've totally, you've ruined the fiend. And I, now, granted, maybe this is all Bray's ideas. So maybe he's ruining the fiend, but I, I'm going to say no. They've had to, they mess so much stuff up that they they probably shoot down his great ideas and then he comes up with something and then they finally approve it and then it ends up not being great. But they're definitely yeah, gonna it was a rough start. End up, you know, getting rid of the fiend because the Wyatt family was amazing and they got rid of them for no reason. And this now, now the this now is Bray and Alexa are feuding basically. Yeah, I don't so just make him amazing and stop playing around <laughs> one one rko i couldn't believe it yeah not the way you wanted night two to start and it and the second match not that it was awful but it, it didn't, wasn't good. it didn't lift you back up you, no. night one starts with you know with drew and lashley and you're pumped like you've been waiting so long for live wrestling and wrestlemania and, and that's the and first then you match. get that and then the second match is a good tag team you know, decent match with with good action. Then you start off with such a dud in night two, and then the tag team match. Yeah, yeah, the tag team match. Natalia and Tamino getting their shot they earned in night one, but Shayna and Nia retained their belts still. And it wasn't. It wasn't anything it, special. Yeah, it wasn't some memorable match. There was nothing about it that was like, oh, that was amazing. Like nothing. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry, it was, ladies. You know. It just, it just, it didn't deliver. And so now you've got your two matches in. You got a sour taste in the mouth. Yeah, a little bit. You're like, especially with the first match, you're like, what? Yeah, you're in still. The world? You're honestly second match, and and maybe that's the problem. 
maybe the women did a great job, but like I said, nothing's so memorable, but it's probably because of so disappointed you were in the first match yeah. that you still can't get over it. And nothing in the second match made you get over it. No. So maybe it's not really their fault at all, but they also didn't get you pumped and excited and get you not, nothing that helped. moment. You've gone, like I said, yeah. you've gone through two matches and you're like, is something good going to happen? Yeah. But, and you're immediately like, well, night one was better than this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so. And then it picked up a little bit. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn had a heck of a match. Kevin Owens got the win. Yeah. It was easily the best match up to that point. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, obviously they have great chemistry and, you know, they've been around there. They're they're great, but they're really great together. Yeah. And then, but, you know, the whole Logan Paul stuff was stupid. You know, again, he got stunned. So that was, yeah. Funny, I mean, especially I again, after Bad Bunny, and then you, you do that. Like, you should have switched those. And the, yeah. the only reason is because then you make night two better. Mm -hmm. And then you also don't make, because that's, again, everybody's just like, well, that, what the heck was Logan Paul even doing here? Like, he ain't no bad bunny. You know, no. I mean, that's a, mm -mm. that's what you do. So so that kind of, again, you had a really good match and it was the best match, but then you have that yeah. at the end of it. So it's still something that you're like, why? <laughs> you know? And then we had another title match, Sheamus becoming the US champion against Riddle. Another pretty good match and the yeah. finish was awesome. Yes. I love the finish. He had a Riddle. Looking for the springboard moonsault, and he gets caught with a bro kick in midair. Yeah, that Man. was awesome. So now you finally have something. Yes, that now, happened. You're like, oh, okay. You had a solid match with a really great finish and nothing stupid after it. Mm -hmm. So now you're finally like, okay, night two's begun. Yes. And then you followed up with the Nigerian drum fight with the Paulo Cruz and. And then Big you e. bring it back down. <laughs> not that this I was mean, bad. Not it bad, just but wasn't you know, anything special. It was like, okay, so you have the, the Nigerian drums all over the uh, ring. You know what? I, I'm telling you right now, I didn't even notice when the match, like when the match began. You didn't even notice? Them? I didn't even notice the drums one time. I paid no attention to the drums. I don't understand why they made that an issue, a yeah, thing. I don't know. But that anyways, was there was nothing really special about it. They were just there to be used. And then uh, Apollo Crews gets some help from a guy who was in Raw Underground for a little bit. A guy. A guy. His Nigerian commander. He came out, hit him with what they're calling the Nigerian nail, okay. and allowed Apollo Crews to win the Intercontinental title. Which was surprising. I Again, I don't think we saw that. My only thing was I told you, and I don't remember if I said on the pot or not, maybe this is kind of biggies. Okay, you've done the mid-card. Now we're, we're going to try to get you up. And so we can give you this loss because you didn't lose clean. Yeah. And now we can move you up. Now, maybe not right away because doesn't he kind of have to finish the feud? I don't know. But do we'll something. See. But... Yeah, that's. I can see them doing that, but again, this was another match that you're like, okay, I mean, it's yeah. fine, but it's hard for me to you know take it seriously because I just I just think of Raw Underground immediately when he comes out, 
and that's probably going to stay that way for a little bit. I never but, watched Raw Underground one time. So is that a bad thing? <laughs> Raw Underground <laughs> is pretty bad. Okay. <laughs> and then we pick it up once again towards the end with the Raw Women's Championship match. And yes. we crown Rhea Ripley with the title defeating Asuka. Yeah, I mean, the women's championship matches were on par, if not better, than the men's championship matches. On par, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, I would, again, so night one, to me it was Bianca and Sasha, Cesaro, Rollins, and then Drew Lashley is my top three. Yep. And then night two, it's probably – well, here, let's finish. Let's finish. Yeah. Here. But that was, so, that was a good like match. Like we said, Rhea and Oscar, the match. good match, yeah. And I love that Rhea went over. And then main event time, the triple threat matchup, Edge versus Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. I, I did think it was funny, like Daniel Bryan comes out, like his normal entrance, he doesn't get like any effects or anything. And then it's Edge, boom, fireworks, but no, 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 no. And then Roman fireworks, but no, 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 no. Like, dang, poor Daniel. Well, anyway. He don't get no pyro. <laughs> no pyro for Daniel. Because it's all about the yes chant. So, yeah. So you don't so get nothing. pyro. Or not even like they did the little stuff like in the sky with like, they yeah. did that with Bray earlier. Like mm -hmm. they didn't do anything for Daniel. Like, okay. That's funny. I didn't even realize that. That's pretty hilarious and also very disrespectful. <laughs> Maybe he didn't want it. Maybe it's like oh. maybe he's like I, I just want to hear the crowd again. He's back to probably. being that uh, uh you know environmental. He's like <laughs> yeah. bad for the environment. I don't want a pyro. Bring bring that title design back. Heck yeah. Even though I don't mind the the title right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Title. But the, I mean, I, it's better I, than the red. I, it's so much. funny to me because I was watching a couple old wrestling matches the other day, and then I'm seeing like the old title belts, and I'm like, I love those titles. I'm. The WWE one is, you're used to it now, and I'm okay with it, but I'm like, man, we need gold championship. And also unique designs for each of the belts, and not just yeah. the WWE logo plastered on them. Exactly. Anyway, sorry. But yeah, Roman Reigns comes out on top, retaining the title, pinning Edge and Daniel Bryan at the same time. Same time, That man. was hilarious. Same time. Yeah, that was funny, and I, and I like it too, because, you know, he can just be like, I pinned you both. I didn't yeah. just pin one of you. And yeah, obviously he needed Jay to come out, help him get I that. love that he got involved immediately. Like Roman tossed, I don't remember who it was first, but he tosses one of them to the outside and immediately Jay. I think just it was Daniel Bryan first because then it was Edge and then Edge kind of reversed it on him and yeah. then got him out. So I believe he attacked Daniel Bryan first. So then he's gone for the majority of the match. Until later on. But I was actually, I when he got, you know, walked off i thought okay jimmy's coming back yeah like that was my immediate thought was jimmy's gonna be the one to make the return and save roman but it was still jay and it was it was a really good match but now that we're finished with it all like to me my favorite match was Rhea and oscar that's why like i do actually think the women were they were the best. The, the women championship matches mm -hmm. were the best matches for me. 
I yeah. definitely think definitely Bianca and Sasha over the WWE title for sure. That's a the it's tough. I I did enjoy the main event a lot, so it's hard for me to be like that one was definitely better. But I I think you could say that. I think that's fair because it was another really good match. So yeah, I don't. I, it's not that like I didn't if like, like that you match. saying that, and other if other people would say that was like the best match of night two, and that was better than the main event. I'd be like, yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, because for I'm me, not going like, to argue with even it. Even though I think the main event was a great match, it was to me the number two match. The reason why is because I prefer, you know, just like a one on one, no interference kind of a match like i prefer mm -hmm. that like when you got a triple threat match and then you got interference like yes it can be done well it was done well that's what i said it's the number two match for me but just my preference is yeah i want to see two men or women go at it give their best have a great match somebody gets pinned one two three that's better for me mm -hmm. <laughs> it just is yeah so that's why not because they didn't tell a good story, they didn't do this or that. Like, nope, I just, that's the preference. And they, but they delivered. So, you know, night two for me only had two great matches, those two. Then Riddle, Sheamus, and Sammy, and Kevin Owens were really good. Mm -hmm. And then after and that, then the beginning two were just like, yeah, exactly. But overall, it was still a great mania. Yes. You know? I do think they made a mistake in how they set up the cards. Like you should, mm -hmm. you definitely should have made night two better than night one. Yeah. You have to make that happen. And you should know, there's no way you should have, you, you should have known that the fiend thing was going to come across stupid. Yeah. To the fans. Like you had, to, Oh, and they also did the red. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one thing that again. annoyed me. Like they started the match. And I'm like, man, we're doing this again. Yeah. So you like, did I thought that. we were, I thought we were past this. Yeah. So it was just, it just started off bad and it messed everything up. It messed up the flow of night two. And so, and then people trying to theorize that it wasn't Bray. Yeah, that was ridiculous. I'm, <laughs> I told you a friend, a friend of ours text or messaged me and he was like, that wasn't Bray. I think that was, I, I don't know if he said he thought it was Bo, but he said it wasn't Bray. And I was Which like, we'll get, we'll was. get into why, you know, so, it wasn't here in a little bit. Yep. Yeah, but that's our <laughs> WrestleMania talk. And up next, we will talk about aftermath of WrestleMania and, uh, the news that came WWE out. He news, but yeah, we enjoyed Mania. Hope y'all did too. Okay, so a couple of days back, a lot of stuff was dropping from WWE, and it was a lot of releases actually. And this, the interesting thing about it was, it was exactly a year ago to the date of during COVID last year when they made all those releases. So when we saw like, uh, I think Rusev was one of the guys released, uh, Zack Ryder was one of the guys released and a bunch of other people. So they decided to do it again this year. And I, I was kind of talking about it at the end before we went on to this segment, Bo Dallas was one of the releases. So That's which your is boy. Yeah, my boy, it was man. That sucked to see. I I just remember him from the beginning of his Raw and SmackDown days. I I thought his Bolive gimmick was amazing. Yeah, he was he great, did a great at it. Job he was with it. entertaining, and he was just a good worker. And it was hard. It's hard for me to just understand why 
he wasn't doing something right like for however long once the b team stuff ended then he was just gone i'm like you can like he can do something you know there was so long where it's like why don't you just put him with bray like why can't he just that's what never made sense why wasn't he in the wyatt family at some yeah point? and why wasn't he in the, the in theme? the fun house as yeah. like you know that can just be used to help build his feed some more and like it, yeah maybe he didn't want to i guess maybe that's a possibility mm -hmm. but i yeah, yeah that's a that's just a dropped opportunity like to me you have to do that at some point but they didn't so but know. to me that's not the most shocking release no so let's so, name all the people released first let's just so i'll try to the big one i'm gonna save for a little bit so well, just, say them, just say West, them and yeah we don't wesley blake was released and he was a member of the forgotten sons group for a little bit mojo raleigh was like the last one announced to be released kalisto was released tucker mickey james chelsea green billy k and peyton royce the both of the iconics are gone which you know, billy k was on wrestlemania yeah. she was competing in night one and then days later she's gone which is crazy and then last but not least samoa joe okay wesley blake don't care <laughs> kalisto i kind of care but you know he had some good moments i like him a lot but i just think like they definitely should have had him going for cruiserweights yeah i thought it was weird like why wasn't he not now, on 205 live ever or something? yeah if they you know didn't want to if he didn't want to do that then i mean i guess that's fine but when you're not really using somebody it's hard for me to be like i'm like oh yeah they dropped the ball in a sense but at the same time like well now they get a chance to go do something so now i'm kind of like well i feel good for some of these guys because they get to go do something Bo dallas too you know he gets to go do something maybe mojo rally like they weren't doing mm -hmm. anything with him and when they did you're kind of like why are they even doing this you know what i mean <laughs> so no offense look he puts in the work and and he wants to do it so i hope it goes and finds success but why like if you look i would have no problem being a wwe superstar that never got used i'm like am i getting paid yeah cool. right. <laughs> i'll be working out and stuff but i'll be spending time with my family it's all good <laughs> you know but i can totally see they 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 want to work so now they get to go work so i don't you know there's so many people like heartfelt condolences i'm like they'll be fine they're gonna go get work now they get to go work now mm -hmm. just like you name those people from last year think about from before that like drew when he got released like he gets to go make a name for himself and come back and be a superstar you know what i mean so, yeah so i don't totally feel bad for everybody then we got uh chelsea green was a shock yes mickey james not so much because mickey james has been around for a long time she's you know a hall of famer Mm -hmm. you know and if they're not really going to use her again then why keep her around i'm sure i'm sure mickey james has some things she can do in her life so yeah. you know chelsea green injuries was just the thing with her right every time they were starting to push her something would happen so you feel bad but like i said to you she gets to go to probably go to impact now yeah most likely be with matt and cardona and work then joe is everybody's biggest shock but he's not mine because and it came out today that wwe hadn't medically cleared him and yeah. i was telling you like i think that has like 
he wants to wrestle, I'm sure. And so they probably didn't want him to. And so he asked for his release. It was probably like a mutual type thing. I have no problem with that. If they're too afraid to use him because they don't want to be medically liable, then okay. You know, I wanted to see him beat the champ. You know, I want Going to see back and him like against his... Roman. I want to see, I want to see the, the things that they did with Brock and him. I thought they, they were good, but they could have been better because mm-hmm. he can definitely go with Brock, you know, and just. He's be believable, like someone to take down Brock. Exactly. So I love Samoa Joe, but I love that I get to go see him go. I told you, I want to see him go to AEW and, and him and Christian kind of work together to get, get to the top. That'd mm-hmm. be awesome. And then, but to me, the biggest shock was the Iconics. Yeah. That one. It's crazy because I am way more of a Samoa Joe fan. But again, I can see why they were like, if, if they're afraid medically, I get it. The Iconics makes no sense to me. You split them up. Oh, we forgot. Or I didn't mention Tucker. I'm, I mean, the, Tucker, I mean it was the a- reason why I, mentioned, I'm, I thought about that is because both of Heavy Machinery and the Iconics, they split up for no reason. They have these tag teams that are really good together, and you split them up, and then you do nothing with them. You put them, they end up they both put, oh, back in tag teams. Yeah, uh-huh. And you're like, wait, what? And with the Iconics, like you said, for a few, well, you know, Billy Kay's in Mania, and she's on TV basically every week doing something funny. And so, and, and Peyton Royce had actually been on TV too lately. And, and Vince loves his comedy, so wait, what? Mm-hmm. And then, like you mentioned, Peyton Royce been on TV. She gave that one promo on, on a Raw Talk, Raw Talk, which was awesome. And instead of doing anything with it, well, minus the they gave her the match with Oscar, and then that was it, pretty much. Yeah, and then now they're gone, and they're both gone, and I'm just like, but you know, good for them in a sense because now they can go be a great tag team somewhere else. But they totally dropped the ball on this one. Like anyone you want to talk about dropping the ball with, I really believe it's them. Bringing them back together would have got a huge pop. Mm -hmm. Giving them a run would have been huge. Like I know that it would have been with Samoa Joe too, but if you take away injury, if you said they weren't, there was no injury concern, then yes, of course, Joe's the biggest shot. But there's an injury concern there. So that's why it's not for me. But those two... It's like there were the ones to me that they can make you money. They're entertaining. They're a tag. They're a really good tag team if you let them actually be a team <laughs> instead yeah. of always and, and let them wrestle instead of always just being comedy because you can do both. It's possible. But yeah, that was the biggest shock for me. So, uh, what a wild day that was. Good luck to all of them. They'll they'll be fine. By the way, I'm. Not one yes. of those people that are like, as some people were like being stupid on Twitter and then people go, you know, stupid in terms of like being rude about those releases. And then people are like, they just lost their jobs, not to feed their family. I'm like, I guarantee they're all be fine. Mm-hmm. They're all very talented and they will get work. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't, don't worry about that because they actually get to go and yeah, you know, again, it's not always about the money, right? Moxley, yeah, right. Moxley left. And he took less money, and he's having the time of his life. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know? you know he gets to do stuff in AEW, but he can also go to these other places and do what he wants there. Exactly. So, anyways, but yeah, WrestleMania aftermath. 
or no, you got more to say on that? I mean, a little bit, just kind of yeah, stuff that happened it. on the show. You had like, there wasn't any crazy returns or debuts on like Raw or SmackDown after Mania. But you did get uh, the Viking Raiders came back, which was nice to see. Yeah, uh, that, that was they cool. are back as a team. And most likely the team that'll be the next tag team champions, if I had to guess. And then Charlotte came back as well. And, you know, she's. I don't like know, that. Get involved was... in the. Raw Women's Title stuff, of course. Yeah, that but, you was know. no big surprise or anything. So, hopefully, yeah. just to put Rhea over. Yeah, that exactly. But like, who knows? She comes back to beat Rhea. I'm like, really? Like, it should definitely be to put her over. She can. I don't mind Charlotte winning a title or two again here soon, but it shouldn't be right away. Yeah. Just have her be in good stories. Like, she doesn't. Same. I'm look hoping. At, look at what they did with Sasha. Sasha wasn't yeah. the women's champion for the longest time, but she was in when her and Bailey were together, like they were doing great things and she didn't have to have the title on her. Now she did get the tag title on her, but that was all part of that story. Right. And it ended up being really good. Then she gets the title on her. Now she does. She was raw women's champion for a minute. Wasn't she? But it, during that. Yeah. But I don't think because they were the tag team champion. So they got to be on both brands. Yeah. But it wasn't they, for like a long time yeah, or anything. It was like, like she that. won it. I like one pay-per-view but then lost it at the next one, I think. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, she went a long time without even really, you know, being a champ. I swear, it's like, it seems like Charlotte is the champ or one of the champs any, just all the time. Like, when you think yeah. of it, like, she always, and some people, oh, she's just that good. Like, look, there are a like, lot of wrestlers who are, who are amazing. They don't always have to have the title on them, like. You can be in the main event, like but it, you don't like, have to be Isn't the there it's like overkill? Exactly. Like at some point, that's you have what they've done with Charlotte. You have all these talented women, like come like she. And I don't is already you know with the most title reigns ever. Like yep. that happened fast. And I don't mind like dominance in the sense of like they're a champ for a long time, but I get annoyed when you take a belt off somebody just to put it on somebody else like for no real reason you know mm -hmm. what i mean like it's not even tell it's not even a good story it's just like you said it's just oh let's get make her the the woman with the most title reigns ever like it it literally is like that's the reason why we did it like what she has plenty of time for that yeah why you do it so quickly you know so anyways but i mean charlotte, hopefully charlotte is my awesome. ideal thing would be they they could have their match at like the next pay-per-view or whatever and then Becky finally comes back, and then you can build Becky and Rhea for like SummerSlam. That would be oh, fantastic. Yeah. I'm all in for that. And even then, like, and I'm a, I mean, Becky Lynch is my favorite wrestler, period. Today, not of all time or nothing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when she comes back, yeah, I'm going to be, oh, Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch. But I don't think she should come back and beat Rhea. Mm -hmm. Especially, well, I guess it, you know, if it's at SummerSlam, she comes back before then, and, and then maybe they have a feud. Well, then, yeah, maybe, because then she's had months as the champion. But if Rhea's doing awesome and killing it. Yeah, then, you know, then, what would yeah, be the reason for taking her off? Exactly. They did announce a match of WrestleMania Backlash already. Just call it Backlash, please. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, we we I don't need to do that. that. They're, they're calling it, so, you know, we got to do that. No, no, we don't. <laughs> Drew McIntyre 
earned a rematch <laughs> against Bobby Lashley for his title, which I someone made a post the other day how when they had their championship match last year at Backlash 2 when Drew was champion. Oh, that's And defended like, oh, I didn't even realize that. That's hilarious. And then, you know, they're teasing Cesaro and Roman, it looks like, with their stuff. But he's got to finish with Seth first. SmackDown. Yeah, Seth came back, though, and kind of put a halt to that. See, that's one that I want to see at SummerSlam. So mm-hmm. I'm fine with a slow build. Like, you don't, you know, I know some people are probably mad that, you know, Roman walked away and that Seth came out. And I thought might, that was hilarious. People might Roman be thing. like, oh, they're, <laughs> they're not done with the Seth thing yet. Like, uh, let's. Let's let it be the slow build, especially if you plan on letting Cesaro win. Yeah. Doesn't it have to be at SummerSlam? Doesn't it have to be at a, a the second biggest pay-per-view? And I mean, some people will say Rumble. So maybe the third biggest pay-per-view on WWE's schedule. And I'm sure that one's going to have fans, a ton of fans too. Like, if you're going to do that, and even if he doesn't go over, just a great match, a main event, doesn't it have to be? At SummerSlam, like for me, yeah. it does. I don't want you to waste this on backlash. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I want to see this. So go ahead and slow build it. Agreed. I would like to see that. And then I'll mention AEW real quick since we're on the wrestling stuff. A-E-Dub. You had some more title matches on Dynamite that were really good. And I got to. Sit down and watch Dynamite since NXT is on Tuesdays now, so that was great. You know, they were taking Young Bucks and Darby Allen retain their belts. And I just saw they announced, I'm really excited for this match. Darby Allen's going to defend against Jungle Boy oh, on nice. Wednesday. I'm like, that's going to be awesome. Um, dang it. I can't to, wait for that. I'm going to have to rewatch that on a Thursday then because I can't stay up to watch it. And then Christian's set for more action on the next Dynamite. He's going to take on. Powerhouse who, Hobbs. I was just going to say, the guy Taz. who attacked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's why the I said the Samoa Joe thing, because I was telling you before Joe got released that earlier in that day, I was you know at work just daydreaming, and I was doing like my, what do you call it, fantasy booking. Fantasy booking, yeah. And I'm like, I had just watched how, you know, Christian and the Taz, Team Taz interaction thing, and I'm like, okay, if he's going to be saying no to everybody, doesn't he need backup? And I thought... Who would I want to see? And I'm like, well, Samoa Joe would be awesome because, you know, WWE is only using him on commentary right now. And then, you know, we had learned that he wasn't on the commentary team just before this anymore. So mm-hmm. what does it mean? So I'm thinking, oh, I wonder I wonder if he's leaving. And then later on that day, it turns out that, yeah, he gets released. And so I told you, like, I was just thinking about that. But he has a 90-day, so it'll be a long a long. Not until, like, well, July, I well, think. Well, at least he said he has a 90-day. Maybe he's maybe that was a swerve. Yeah, maybe it's just a swerve. Maybe he pops up at the next dynamite or something. But then again, he could always go to Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan. Like he's mm-hmm. been around and it's wherever he wants to to go, you know. And then I thought it was interesting. I they're starting to because they do have the ranking thing or whatever, and they do I don't they don't go by it entirely, but they do, you know, acknowledge it sometimes and for like the AEW contender rank right now, Hangman is number one. So they did. That was interesting. He was hanging because he's with the Dark Order right now. They're allies and stuff. So he gets like interviewed and he's asked about, you know, what's going on with Kenny, the Young Bucks and his thoughts. And he like avoids the question and kind of goes off subject. So I wonder 
I just thought that was intriguing. Like, okay, so something's a brewing with this. So I just wonder. It's a brewing. Where it's going and how they're going to go about. Because you kind of figured he'd be the one to dethrone Kenny with their history on Dynamite. So I wonder, like, is that starting now? And how are they going to go about it? Huh. It, but, would be, uh, it would be a, a good match for sure. A good feud. Yeah, I'm... I'm pretty much set on wrestling talk, WrestleMania right. in the books, and we we chug along. Up next, some um, MCU Falcon Winter Soldier episode five. Cinco. All right, episode five. Watched it last night. So obviously, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. I, I'm disclaimer. I know. Last week I said I'm not going to go step by step, and then I think I did go step. I by think step. we did go step by step, and, basically. Well, so it wasn't my probably going to do the same thing again here. Yeah, and again, that's what I was going to say. It's not my intention to go step by step. I just kind of want to talk about what I liked and just where I think things are going more than anything than just step by step. But sometimes, uh, you just can't help it because you feel like, well, I got to give background, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So to make things make sense. Exactly. So it starts off with a great fight scene between yes. Walker and Sam and Bucky. And uh it was I mean it was awesome. Like, you know, so he's he's running off because, you know, he just killed that guy and everybody saw it and then he's kind of, you know, distraught with himself but also just for losing Lamar. They come in and they're basically like, we're me taking that shield from you. And and so it goes down. And it's just, it's an awesome fight scene. I, I loved it. I love how he's just whooping them for a minute there. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously they're going to come back and they're going to get the better of him, of course. And they, they take the shield, break his arm, mm-hmm. you know, great little, like a spot. <laughs> was yeah, uh-huh. a spot since we're wrestling fans where, you know, Bucky swings him into the shield that Sam's holding mm-hmm. and just... I mean, and I loved it too because, you know, Sam's not a super soldier. So when he slammed him in, like Sam goes flying, you know, (laughs) because it hurt. (laughs) And so so then Bucky walks away. And what Sam say is like, got to go find Zemo now or something like that. Going to go catch up with Zemo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just walks off and then Sam leaves with the shield, you know, cool. And so uh, then we get – I'm doing this because – there are moments about it that I really like. And, and I never told you about this. So Sam's talking to Torres. Oh, no, that was the part where, Buck, where Bucky walked Yeah, because that was they the beginning of that Torres. scene. Yeah, so they're talking to Torres. And he's kind of telling them how they're, they don't have jurisdiction. And, and they're basically being benched, basically. Their jurisdiction stuff, they're taking other people are taking over. So until they find anything, they're basically not... Not to do, do anything. So Bucky leaves. That's when Sam says this thing, the thing about Zemo. And then Torres is like just asking Sam some questions. And then he sees the wings because during that fight, Walker breaks the wings, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. And uh, so he's like, dang, how'd these break? And Sam doesn't answer the question. And then so Sam leaving, but he's just leaving with the shield. And Torres says, you know, hey, you forgot these. And he says, keep them. The reason why that's important in the comics, when Sam becomes Captain America, Torres is the Falcon. It's different because oh, in the comics, in the comics, it's so different because Torres isn't in the military. He's a 
he's an immigrant who gets he's either an immigrant or he's helping immigrants mm -hmm. i can't remember but he gets captured by a guy and experimented on and he basically is like turned into a half like a, man half falcon a literal falcon yeah and so <laughs> then red wing in the comics is an actual bird it isn't oh. uh and the so drone and so sam had a connection with red wing but red wing leaves sam and starts hanging out with torres because their their connection becomes stronger so then so anyways he becomes falcon when sam becomes captain america eventually so yeah. that's just kind of like oh are they gonna actually make taurus falcon pretty cool you know and so then you know walker has to stand for his actions and they basically strip him of captain america that and then they're, they're basically telling him he's gonna get no benefits he's he they should court martial him and all this he's there he's lucky and he he's pissed and he he is like you guys made me I all I ever did was what you guys told me to do and trained me to do, and and you're gonna do this, you know. So they're still talking, and he just walks away. And I loved that <laughs> I agree. so much. That part was great. I was like, oh, he is just like I don't give a crap what any y'all say. <laughs> so then he's sitting out in the hallway with his wife, and she's telling you know you need to go visit, you know Lamar's parents, and uh, somebody starts walking up, and here's our, here's our cameo. <laughs> And it's it's Julia Louise Dreyfus, which was awesome because I'm like, what the heck? Like, she's your Academy Award winning actress, mm -hmm. and she's playing. Um, oh, I don't know her name. It's very long and complicated because I don't really know this particular character. But it's kind of a callback. They also kind of call back to um, to someone that John Walker has a lot of connections to val cooper and she's not val cooper but she says you can call me val because this character also goes by the name val so i just thought that was cool like okay they're not doing the val cooper thing but they've got her playing this character whose name i am looking for right now valentina so but it's a lot more than that mm -hmm. But anyway, she basically, oh, Contessa, that's another. Why is no one putting the whole name? I see Contessa and I see Valentina. Put the whole name. The whole thing. People. Anyway, if if people know who this is, they don't need me to say. But anyway, she's basically like telling Walker, you know, you didn't do anything wrong. All those guys in there know that you should have killed that dude and you probably should have killed them all. And, you know, nobody's really mad. It's just because it went you know, it was videotaped basically and everybody saw it, you know, and this is what a lot of people feel and think in the world, especially military or higher ups. They're like, you know, when you've got these terrorist groups, you got to take them out. I'm actually going to switch to Star Wars, for example. So let's go to Star Wars. Jedis are supposed to kill the Sith. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to let them live. They're supposed to kill them. But no, there's no, oh, you can, you can uh, rehabilitate them. No, Jedis are supposed to kill Sith. <laughs> you know, yeah. and in the military, you're supposed to kill terrorists. I shouldn't say that. I mean, I don't, I'm not in the military, but that's kind of like the, the uh, thought out there. Yeah. Right. And, but I do think that that's probably, again, I don't know this, but it seems like that's what they would be telling people. You would, in all the books, movies, you know, any, any, ways that they make the government look bad and things look bad they always make it seem any 
any show that goes into counter anti-terrorism and counterterrorism stuff, all that, they always make it seem like, oh, they need to be stopped at all costs, any cost, right? So basically that's kind of what she's saying. Like you didn't, you didn't do anything wrong here. And, you know, so she's tr recruiting him in a sense. She's like, when I call answer mm -hmm. and then she leaves. And so you're just like, oh, now she's got a comic history where she worked with shield, but she was also like an agent, a Russian operative. And she also became Madam, Madam Hydra at one point, but she also, so that's the main thing I see people talk about. Oh, she's Madam Hydra and Hydra and Hydra. And it, they could easily, it, this could easily be Hydra, but in the comics, she also turned on Hydra. Like she kind of got in with them to help destroy them. So, you know, they can go anyway. But um, anyways, they also could be making the Dark Avengers, I heard. Uh, I just, I saw it last night after I watched the episode because, you know, we waited all day yeah, this week before to we... see it. So we finally see it. And then I finally look on Twitter and I see um, Grace Randolph be on the trailer. She was saying that she's got confirmed from one of her sources that they're going to end up doing the Thunderbolts and the Dark Avengers. And I'm like, okay, so everybody's been wanting him in Thunderbolts, but I want him in Dark Avengers because he was the leader of the Dark Avengers. Mm. And that's just, it just makes sense. <laughs> like, like I, I want that. I want to be a U.S. agent. And yeah. So anyways, then we get, you know, Sam goes home. Uh, and, you know, he's, it's actually really good, like touching stuff, but it's not like all that interesting to talk about. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Necessarily. It's back to the stuff that was acknowledged earlier. Yeah, he's going to help fix the boat and. He's calling in favors from family and friends. It's oh no, actually no. Wait, he went to visit Isaiah first. Oh dang, sorry. He goes back to oh, visit yeah, Isaiah. Yeah. That was amazing. I was so happy because I've been waiting for that from the first time. Like he's got to go back and see Isaiah, and that's it was awesome, very powerful. Isaiah seeing the reasons why, you know, what happened because that's what Sam sounds like. I need to understand. But then at the end of it, you know, Isaiah says to him, you know, why would anybody want to be? Why would any black man want to be Captain America? But he says, how can no self-respecting black man would ever do it? And I'm like, dang, you just you just said that to him. Like, you wouldn't have any respect for yourself if you did it. Like, that's messed up. Like, it's not true, but there be so many people that feel that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, it happens in real life. Like there are people that they jump on, you know, others because they feel like they sold out in a way. Yeah. So that's kind of what Isaiah is saying. Like, if you do that, you're a sellout. It's like, no, he's trying to inspire. He's trying to move past. I know he didn't take the mantle yet, but we all know he's going to take it. Right. And then you see those scenes later. He goes home. You see the scenes, especially when he, when he starts training where um, his nephew is when he's holding the shield and he's kind of touching it and a look on his face. Yeah. And you can see it like he's inspiring. And then they go to Sam and you can see Sam's realizing this will inspire. But that, that stuff with Isaiah was just awesome. Yeah. Just so powerful. So then, yeah, he's, he goes back home. He's helping fix the boat. Bucky shows up. He's flirting with his sister, which was hilarious. <laughs> so there yes. was a lot of really good touching stuff there. Oh, but, but first, Bucky had went and found Zemo. So Zemo's in Sokovia in front of the thing that you see on the uh, 
all the trailers where he's standing yeah. in front of the memorial and Bucky approaches him and and Zemo says to him, "Don't worry, I'm not going to I have no intention on killing you anymore." Which you're kind of like, "Oh, so all the stuff being around Sam and those conversations that they have has kind of made him see that not everybody who gets this serum should die." But he's still telling him, "You have to kill Carly. That's the only way this is going to end. She's just too far gone." Mhm. Mm and so then, you know, Bucky holds up a gun, pulls the trigger, no bullets, drops all the bullets out of his hand. And then the, the Dora Milaje show up, walk up yeah. behind him because Bucky had called He's him. wanted. And so they take Zemo away. But as they're walking away, um, Ao says, we're going to take him to the raft. Now, this is important and cool, but also makes no sense to me. But... The important and cool stuff is really what only thing that we care about, right? Yeah. So if he goes to the raft, that means thunderbolts, <laughs> okay? Because Zemo, the raft is okay. You remember the raft is the prison from Civil War. Remember, it comes mm. out of the water. Yeah. Uh -huh. up, right. Ant Man, Hawkeye, and all those guys were yeah. there. So that's the raft. Walker actually has ties to the raft too. He was the warden there at one point later on after, but this was after the first incarnation of thunderbolts and all that stuff. This was like the second incarnation, but uh, maybe maybe even third. I don't know. Actually, yeah, it might have been the third. <laughs> but uh, so from that aspect, you're like, oh, they're taking him to the raft. That means we're going to end up getting the Thunderbolts. They're going to have other supervillains there, da, 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 da. So that's cool. You get excited. But to me, I'm like, why are they taking him there? Why wouldn't they take him to Wakanda in prison? You, he was in a prison and he got broken out by Bucky. And now you're just going to take him to the raft, which you know Captain America broke all these other heroes out. Hey! So you know that people can... <laughs> you're on a mic. I know. <laughs> just but yelling, you know. Yelling at the dog. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I had to stop him. Uh, so, uh, yeah, for me, I'm like, it doesn't make any sense that they don't take him to Wakanda and put him in yeah. a prison there. So from a... Just from a practical standpoint i'm like that makes or even you know storyline if you really want to keep everything you know making sense it doesn't make any sense why they wouldn't take him to wakanda but i forgive it because he's going to the raft and i know we're going to end up getting the thunderbolts out of it mm -hmm. so then uh then bucky says to ao i need a, another favor from you and then he goes and joins sam at at his home and you see bucky enjoying life you know, you see him mm -hmm. wake up and Sam's nephews are playing with the shield and he's like, hey, and they kind of run off and then he kind of smiles. And and then you think of um, the end of, uh, was it, not the end of, well, or the end of, or no, during Infinity War. Was it, no, it was the end of one of them when he came out, the cut scene, when he comes out of the, the end credit scene, I mean, where he comes out of the thing and the kids are playing mm -hmm. and they're calling him White Wolf. Like that's kind of what you think of. I just I'm forgetting which movie that was at the end of. But anyways, so that was awesome. And so you know they're uh, just basically talking, and you get Sam or Bucky apologizing to Sam for not understanding the weight that him and Steve had put on him. They didn't. He was like, we didn't realize really what it meant for a black man to have the shield. We were just kind of like, yeah, you, you should have the shield. And now it's like. 
there was a weight to that and we didn't know. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and, and so he apologizes, which was cool, really cool. And then they're practicing with it. And then, then Bucky basically, you know, they, they get good. Bucky's like, yeah, I'm going to, Sam kind of helps him see he needs to apologize to people that he wronged instead of just trying to get revenge on the people that are still out there doing wrong that he helped get into power. He's like, no, nah, you need to apologize to those that you wronged and see how you can be of service to them, which is also a callback to Walker because Walker goes and visits Lamar's family and he doesn't tell them the truth. Mm -hmm. He tells them that the guy he killed is the one who killed Lamar. And part of that is he feels like he failed. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't, and he can't, he can't tell them that he didn't get them. Like he feels like he has to tell them, but you can also see it that he intends on not failing. He intends on yeah, getting he's that not done. person, you know, but he still lies to them and he shouldn't have done that. Like to me, out of all the things that he'd done, that's the one thing I'm like, he shouldn't have did that. Like everything yeah. else, I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that's the one thing like, don't lie to Lamar's parents, man. That was your boy. You know, tell them the truth and, and then tell them, but I, I have every intention. Yeah. They might feel like, oh, you shouldn't have done that, but that's okay. And that's what Bucky is going to go. You assume what he's going to go find out. Cause you know, he kind of walks away walks off and they kind of they go their separate ways, but only until something pops up with Carly, right? So then they go Sam training. And I just immediately thought, this is his Rocky montage. Yep. So so he's doing his training, which is hilarious because he's throwing the <laughs> shield and he has to duck so many times because it's coming coming back so hot. And yeah, I mean, great stuff. And then uh, Carly and them, well, they show Sharon. She's making a phone call about needing a favor. And now again, everybody's going to be like power. And they are, she's the power broker. She's the power broker. I'm like, I still don't think she is, but anyway. Um, so then Carly is in the park and Batrock, Batrock, however you say his name shows up and yeah. he's there to help. He's like, you know, basically I'm here to get Sam. So, and so then uh, the other guys, one of the other guys in, and the flag smashers is like, well, we're called criminals now. And she's just like, well, you know, technically we are criminals now. And this is, this is basically, and she doesn't say it's a means to an end, but I'm just saying it's basically a means to an end. Like we're going to do our thing and he's going to help us by getting revenge on the person that he wants, which is going to help us in turn. So then uh, it starts, basically kind of starts to happen. You see that GRC is meeting together to put a plan into action to uh, redistribute the 20 million people who back to their countries and all this and that, that it's a, it's a big deal to the flag smashers and to people. And then that gets interrupted. Obviously it's by the flag smashers. Sam's watching at home. He sees something Torres calls him and he's kind of, we got a ping and we got this. And, but then Sam's watching the news and he knows, Oh, it's happening in New York. So he basically is like, I got it. It goes, Bucky had given him something when he got there. Obviously, it's a case. This is the favor from Wakanda. He yeah. opens it up. We don't see it. We know. We all assume we know what it is. It's his new suit, yeah. wings, whatever. And then the episode ends. And you're just like, man, this is such a setup for some huge finale in New York, on the streets of New York. Yes. But then we got a, our first end credit scene. In the series. And Walker is making himself a new shield. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> like Walker's he's like, not done. He's like, I'm Captain America. And I'm like, you know, he hasn't given it up yet. 
he eventually will. We're going to get this one last episode with him not being able to let go and just doing his thing. And it's going to be awesome. And I, I can't wait for all of it. Just, just seeing Sam take the mantle is going to be awesome, you know, and then just this whole finale, just don't you just feel like it's going to be awesome. My question is, is Walker going to do something to redeem himself or is he just there to try to get Carly and they have to end up stopping him? Or is he even want the real shield back? Mm -hmm. So are you going to get him fighting against Sam and Bucky again, or are they going to kind of come together almost like at the beginning where they fought together, but they didn't really like each other. Is it just going to be that? And then they go their separate ways. I don't know. So much. It, I, I, all I know is going to be awesome. I can't wait. God, it is crazy. We made it here already. We're one vision went by in the blink of an eye and we're already at the end of another series. And it's, you know, it's all going to culminate and it's going to be fantastic. You know, we talked about the action scene at the beginning of this one. Like, just wait for the finale next week. Hopefully, you. I would kind of assume the episode will be longer. That's kind of been the theme, you know, for this whole series. So I figured. Yeah. Even if it's just a few minutes. Yeah. But I'm hoping to, you know, I'm I'm hoping it goes like hour and a half, something like that. But, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not getting my hopes up, but I just. That would be great. But if it's only 64 minutes, then fine. Whatever. Just It seemed like even though this one, you know, it's 60 minutes, but it's basically like 52 minutes of actual stuff. But it seemed longer. If I, yeah, it was going. Yeah. And and not in a bad way, like in a great way. I was like, oh, this yeah. is like, everything was awesome. Just the whole way it was all constructed with that amazing sequence right at the beginning. And then you got the story and you got to, again, where... It just sets up the last episode so perfectly. Yes. And and then just the fact that, you know, we know that he's going to be the U.S. agent. Like with, with Valentina approaching him, it's like, oh, yeah, we're getting U.S. agent. Yeah. Like that's what that was. That was the confirmation that we're getting U.S. agent. And that's my, my MCU dreams are fulfilled. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I love it my second favorite character ever so you know when we were talking about the black widow thing and how after i saw the that new trailer i'm like okay i'm back in i was remembering that i basically said you give me john walker i'm in and i'm like yeah i kind of forgot that like yeah nope i'm in i you guys get all my money because <laughs> you gave me john walker in the mcu so yeah even if i don't even care like I said, like right now, I don't care about Shang-Chi or even the Eternals. Like I'm not like excited about them, but I'm definitely willing to wait and see what happens. And But even even if that doesn't happen, like I'm like, nope, you gave me John Walker in the MCU and you're going to give me the US agent. So even if I'm not excited about it, I'm going to go see it. I'm going to give you my money Yeah, because you gave me something I never thought I was going to see. Now, there are still things I want. I want Captain Britain and I want Wonder Man. <laughs> but... If I don't get those things, I'm like, this was the one I never thought would happen. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome. I'm just loving watching it. This show is amazing. Yes. I'm going to be re-watching, especially that episode. Even uh, your mom was saying, 
we need to watch that fight scene again because we watch it on the big screen, but it wasn't totally dark. Yeah. And so you could still mm. see everything good, but she was like, said afterwards, we need to watch the fight scene when it's totally dark. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. no, I totally agree. agree. Like we, as I'm watching over and over again. I tweeted it out. I'm like, even if, you know, they kind of make US agent official at some point, but you don't know when he's coming next. Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay because I'm just going to rewatch Falcon and Winter Soldier like over and over and over and over and over. And you just again. get to rewatch his whole arc oh, and yeah. everything again. Well, that's the thing. Like, see, we all get, you know, people hate him or and I defend him and all that. I love his character arc. I always have. It's actually an intriguing character arc. It's there's a lot to it. It's not just cut and dry and super easy like a lot of the comic book characters are. Some are very complicated too, don't get me wrong, but others are just very like vanilla. Mm -hmm. His is not at all. And I love it. <laughs> like, so yeah, I mean, it was a great episode and uh, it's going to be an amazing finale and we can't wait to talk about that. Yes. But that is it for this week. That wraps it up. Thank you for tuning in yes. once again. And of course, we will be back for MCU Pro Wrestling, whatever's going on NBA, all that. Yeah, next week and, will be uh, uh, draft. Draft, yes, draft content. So, you know, it won't be what a are we writing, Like a mock draft, basically? Maybe just the round top, one. Like, no, I don't even want to do round one. Just maybe like the top like 12, 16. Because trying to figure out too, a lottery. It's too hard once you get. Because once somebody gets picked, you know, yeah. that people weren't expecting, it changes everything yeah. for a trade. So that's one of the things I hate. You'll get down to like the bottom of a mock draft and it's like they, they've mocked like a trade and like this yeah. person trade with this one. I'm like, okay, you know, and I don't want to go through all that. Like I just want to get through the first little bit and then maybe a trade that we that we truly can see or believe happening or maybe was rumored and – yeah, just kind of go there and then just talk about certain prospects we like or we know people like who's moving up, mm -hmm. things like that, sleepers. Just nothing too major, but... But draft content because yeah. I think the Thursday after that one is the draft, right? I think so, yeah. So, yeah, yep. it's so we got to talk about it at some point, which is what we're going to do next week. Hope Thanks. to have you guys there tune in. So we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Peace out.